Welcome. Thanks for watching. Before we get to our regular Coping with COVID interview segment, I have a short news update for you on COVID-related news here in Canada. The federal government has committed to purchasing an additional $2 billion in personal protective equipment. This is in addition to initiatives already underway. The government has confirmed that it's working with a number of Canadian companies to ensure Canada's ready and steady access to critical medical supplies. We also have an update on the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases here in Canada. The number is now in excess of 7,700 cases nationwide. BC has the third highest number of cases at 970. That's behind Quebec, which has 3,430 cases, and Ontario, which has 1,966. Thanks for watching. Here's our segment. You're watching Coping with COVID-19, BIV's daily video that covers the economic industry and business impacts of the current coronavirus pandemic. Today, we take a look at best practices for businesses that are struggling to meet payroll or having to make some very difficult decisions around payroll and just generally trying to manage ongoing operations in a really challenging and difficult time. My guest today, Stephen Van Alstein, Vice President of Education at the Canadian Payroll Association. Stephen, hope you're doing well and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thanks Haley, it's, it's a pleasure to be here representing the voice of payroll. Now, I imagine you've heard quite a lot from members and employers across Canada as the situation around COVID-19 has evolved over the past several weeks. What are some of the frequently asked questions you've heard from businesses? So businesses, obviously, Haley, are being significantly impacted by a slowdown in their operations. Um, there's lots of layoffs. There's lots of individuals being impacted with their abilities to come into work. So a lot of the questions we're getting are around um, COVID-19, quite obviously. So we've got a service that we provide to our members right across the country where they can uh, call in or email in questions that they have around payroll operations, around legislation, things of that nature. Um, we get about 45,000 inquiries annually from our members. And we've got obviously a staff who, who are, are adept at answering those questions. But last week alone, we had 2,100 inquiries just in that one week period. And a lot of the questions, as you can appreciate, are around COVID-19. So about 60% of those inquiries relate specifically to that. Legislation is, is changing rapidly. Announcements are coming out from the federal government rapidly around things like wage subsidy, around the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. Um, around ROE production, record of employment production, because people are being laid off, they need to go to make claims for employment insurance benefits. So it's had a dramatic impact on business quite clearly, but specifically payroll is, uh, you know, people are just trying to keep their heads above water really to keep pay, pay flowing to employees. I mean, that's critical at this time. It's part of the reason why the government's taking some of the action immediately that they are taking. Um, so those are some of the struggles and challenges that we're facing in the payroll space right now. Yeah, and I can appreciate that many businesses are faced now with some very difficult decisions about meeting payroll and what they do with employees that otherwise they'd love to continue to support. I'm curious if there are any best practices you can offer. I mean, different industries are impacted by this differently. Uh, businesses, yeah. of course, on a case-by-case -case basis might be in different positions, but are there best practices in terms of what companies should be doing right now? So 
I think the one thing about the way COVID-19 unfolded in Canada was we, you know, we obviously we had a clear awareness of what was going on globally, but I think what happened to organizations happened incredibly quickly. Uh, you know, our organization alone, we, we staff about 65 uh, employees, mostly in our, our headquarters in Toronto here, but we do have employees around the country. So we had to act very quickly to get our own pandemic plan or our emergency response plan uh, executed. Um, and likewise, there's a payroll, uh, gu there's guidelines for payroll continuity plans. So again, what happens when the organization is impacted by some kind of interruption or some kind of emergency, in this case, obviously the pandemic. So that guideline we actually decided to make available publicly. We, we have a lot of resources for our, our membership, but we felt strongly that this is something that we should make available to all organizations. So again, you know, when you think about the importance of payroll and the continuity of people continuing to get paid, uh, it's really important when issues like this arise that organizations have the capability of being able to react. So if you go on our website, um, you go under the Corona or, or the COVID-19 section, it's right on our, our main flash page. Um, there's access to that information. Um, again, organizations getting prepared, how they deal with that, how you, you know, how you, uh, you've, you and I were just speaking before we came online about um, organizations needing to be adept at being able to continue business. Um, and obviously we're in the business of payroll, so we wanna help our members uh, with that continuity. The other thing that we've provided is a question and answer document because we were, as you identified, we're getting lots of questions from our members, common questions, uh, particularly about things like record of employment production. So we created some of the most common questions that we were getting, put that in a document, and again, made that available, not just to our membership, but to the public at large, so that it can assist organizations in, in dealing with this very you know, uh, urgent issue. Um, the government has shared with us, and, and our Director of Government and Legislative Affairs obviously has been spending countless hours with government trying to implement some of these um, wage subsidy programs that are being put in place, the, the, CR, the CERB program, the Emergency Response Benefit Program. So in light of that, we want to be as communicative as possible with how these uh, programs are going to work and operate. There's an incredible amount of pressure being put on the employment insurance system right now. Uh, 1.5 million records of employment have been produced within the last two weeks. And um, Service Canada had indicated that there were 300 claims for employment insurance being made every minute. So wow. you can see this is a very, again, a very fluid environment. So we're all working to provide as much information as we can, as much support as we can to not just our members, but to the general public. So again, our website is just simply payroll.ca. And again, to your point, you'll find a lot of great resources that are, are not just for our members, but that we've made accessible to our public or, or to the general public as well. Thank you for that. And I'll, I'll repeat the website too at the end of our conversation, just to make sure that that's handy for anyone listening. About the wage subsidy, I know that the federal government's increasing that to up to 75% was a really, really big deal for Canadian businesses. Can you Absolutely. walk me through a little bit of some of the logistics 
that businesses might need to know or what they might need to know in order to access that funding? Yeah, at, at this point, Haley, you know, the public probably knows as much as, as we know. <clears throat> I will tell you that initially the government announced the 10% subsidy, which was um, for organizations up to a maximum of $25,000. I think that was felt to be not significant enough. So uh, on top of that subsidy, what we're being communicated to is that 75% that is going to be an, ad an additional subsidy. It's going to have a cap on it. So it is going to have a wage cap and organizations will be entitled to get subsidies for their employees up to that wage cap. Um, and the whole idea here is that the hope is that organizations will be able to continue having employees work for them. They won't be laying employees off, that they'll be able to hire employees back. Um, again, it takes pressure off of the employment insurance system. It takes pressure off of the, the emergency response benefit that the government is planning to, uh, to execute on as well. So the government is looking for the best way that they can, I mean, ideally they want to keep Canadians working. The government does, employers want to keep their employees working because again, employees working means that bills can get paid, means that the economy can be impacted. Um, we know the economy is going to be impacted, but we want to reduce the impact to the economy. So, um, Finance Minister Morneau and the Small Business Minister uh, Ng are going to be having a press release. It could be happening actually right now, where they're going to be bringing a lot of the more specific details, particularly around the wage subsidy, because originally the thought was that uh, organizations could reduce remittances to compensate for the subsidy to make it uh, you know, more administratively efficient. Obviously, there's impacts to our community because it does impact directly on payroll because we're the ones that are making those remittances to the government. So we have been working, again, very closely with government, with some of the big service, payroll service and software providers who, again, are going to be impacted by this. Um, the whole goal here is to get hands in the, uh, get money into the hands of the people that really need it, whether that be businesses, whether that be um, working or non-working Canadians or any Canadians that have been impacted by COVID. So unfortunately, a lot of the details at this point are, are being hammered out. I'm sure that there's lots of government folks, including our own director of government relations, who's, you know, been spending hours and hours trying to hammer out the details. So uh, Minister Murnau is going to be making those, some of those details available today. But suffice it to say that that increase to 75% uh, is huge. And it's, it's meant to be for, for businesses that have seen a reduction in revenue of, of at least 30%. So they're trying to get the money to those organizations that have been most impacted by, uh, by this event. I mean, we've heard that uh, lots of organizations have been laying people off. Uh, you know, Air Canada came out with a, a huge announcement just today. Um, I've been dealing very closely with some organizations that have actually had to lay off almost their entire workforce. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those ramifications from uh, what we're dealing with here. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I, I know that one of the things we might know is that this has been expanded to perhaps include larger companies as well, whereas initially it was just small, medium-sized businesses, understandably hard hit by this. How significant is that looping in the larger companies to allow them to potentially get some relief? 
Well, I think it's important because large companies get impacted as well. Uh, you know, especially those organizations that are nationally based organizations that have operations right across the country. And depending on what type of business they're in, um, a lot of businesses have seen um, their operations significantly impacted just by the nature of, of what they do. So for example, one company that we had was um, a retailer that was in the swimwear business. So obviously people are, are not going on vacations right now. Um, so their stores are seeing, uh, well, in a lot of cases, non-essential stores are not even able to be open. Mm -hmm. So in cases like that, these are large businesses. Um, and obviously they're, they're being impacted and, and hurt as well. So they're trying to pivot to move some of their business online. But again, when you look at the nature of some business, um, it's just going to be reflective of what they do and what the impact that has on their business and, and then on the economy as well. From a payroll perspective, what are some things that businesses should be keeping in mind now? As you mentioned, this is such a rapidly developing situation. Every day, every hour, we get more news from governments. And there's the hope, too, that more relief might be coming. There are a number of benefits now available, but we're also still waiting for those details. So any advice for businesses trying to navigate this and make decisions, even though we may not have all of the information at our fingertips just yet? I think, you know, people need to be, they need to tap into resources like the resource that you provide. Um, they need to tap into organizations like our association. We're rapidly pushing information out to our members. So I think it's really key to keep up to date on what is going on. We've talked about wage subsidy. We've talked about the CERB. Um, we, uh, there's also lots of other legislation that is changing very rapidly as well, like employment standards, for example, in all of the different provinces across the country, where they're putting in measures that enable uh, individuals to be absent from work for periods of at least 14 days and have their job protected to deal with COVID. So again, it's, it's critical to keep up to date, to use those resources, like again, our association, that can provide that information. We're sending regular email communications out to our membership. It's gotten so significant with legislative change that we're having to um, have a searchable engine on our website where individuals can go into specific provinces to see what's impacting uh, their organization specifically. So for some of your listeners in uh, Vancouver, in Vancouver, British Columbia, the British Columbia area, um, they would be able to go in and segment what is happening by clicking on uh, VC. But it's, it's really important to keep up to date on what is happening because again, you know, we've been talking about the fluidity uh, of what is happening. It's important to be able to be agile and, and be able to pivot uh, depending on what is going on. Um, and, and just, you know, I think give employees the confidence that Payroll is there to make sure that uh, people are continuing to get paid, obviously, where that's possible. Because, again, we're, we're dealing with a very uh, difficult reality here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And given the challenges we've seen, we've also seen some companies, I think, get sort of creative with what, with what they can do if they can't afford to keep staff on full time. We've seen them maybe 
issue temporary layoffs, but also continue to provide some support to employees. Uh, we've seen I think, some changes to benefits or employers allowing people to self-isolate at home but still receive pay. Are you seeing employers sort of do what they can with the means available to them to try and support employees as best as possible in making those agile changes, as you put it? Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a lot of employers stepping up. We're seeing a lot, as you say, a lot of them are allowing that flexibility. We, um, as I say, we're a 65 person organization. We were completely uh, all now working from home. Uh, we did that within a short period of time. So we had a plan, a continuity plan. Uh, we, were we were putting some measures in to test it because not everybody had the ability to work from a laptop at home. Um, but we obviously had to start to accelerate that really quickly. And we're seeing a lot of organizations do that. Um, Haley, you also brought up the fact that organizations are doing things um, to try to maintain people on their payrolls, that sort of thing. The federal government, Service Canada, does have a program called work sharing, where they do enable employees to share a role. So if it means that two employees can continue working by sharing one role, then the government will support them with EI benefits to kind of compensate for that partial component of the role. So again, it's just becoming aware of those opportunities. So if you can keep two people working as opposed to one person working, uh, it, it ends up being better for obviously for everybody. So again, look at those programs such as work sharing that uh, that organizations might be able to take advantage of that 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 really help them as well. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for your insight. Really appreciate you taking the time. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Haley. And, and I just, uh, you know, wish everybody to stay well, stay isolated. Uh, you know, we're obviously going to get through this and I think we'll come out stronger on the other side. So take care. You as well. That's Stephen Van Alstein, Vice President of Education at the Canadian Payroll Association. And if you're interested in some of the association's resources that we talked about today, you can find those at payroll.ca. Thanks so much for watching. BIV will have a new video up available tomorrow.